three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. This is episode number seven of the season, which is crazy to think about because I feel like we just started episode one last week. We are absolutely flying through the season. We are on the cusp of the beginning of TAPS District play. We have a ton of great content to go over. But before that, let me introduce ourselves. If you haven't seen us before with me, I'm one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis. And with me is Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder. Joining me from College Station and Stillwater, Oklahoma, respectively, as always, Walker Lott, uh, we actually got to both go to a great game last week, but what are your thoughts on the overall state of Texas private school football as it stands? Uh, exciting. I, I'd say that's the one word, you know, exciting. We had a great week last week, and it's exciting. We got district this week. It's finally starting district, you know. It's it's a good time, man. Yeah, without a doubt. Ryan Schroeder, same question. You got to go see a game that I'll touch on in a second last week for Christian and Dallas Christian, what are your thoughts on the overall state of Texas private school football? Yeah, I mean, I saw I've seen three games in the past two weeks, and I can tell you right now from all three games that I've seen that uh, it feels good getting back on there, back out there in the field and stuff like that, and actually covering games. You know, I've been cooped up in my house for uh, for the first couple of weeks of the season, so yeah, it's been awesome. And uh, district play is going to be fun, and uh, I know people are excited to see our rankings, so. Uh, tune in for the uh, later in the episode and later in the week when we put out the rankings as well. Yeah, for sure. We will cover those rankings at about the midpoint of the episode. I think everyone will be very interested to see how those turn out. But as always, the first item of business, we will recap last week's picks. Ryan, uh, Ryan went 11 and six. Walker and I went 12 and five. I still hold a very narrow lead as I have for the past three weeks, I think, on the pick records. I'm 66 and 35. Walker is 64 and 37. And Ryan is 65 and 36. Um, just point blank. I don't plan on giving this lead up anytime soon. And Ryan will have to forfeit that trophy relatively quickly here. But guys, I'm not going to spend too long talking about the actual picks because there is something I'm going to have to address here. Um, I made a very large gamble technically before the 2021 football game of Fort Worth Christian and Dallas Christian. Everyone's saying now that I'm having to give up my house, my possessions. I made that gamble in 2021 with all the theatrics and nobody really called me out on it because I was right. But you know, some say I did double down this year. Some say there's a clip floating around saying that I would bet my house, my neighbor's house again. Yada, yada, yada. It's all semantics. Anyways, um, that being said, um, my house is for sale. Um, my actually, neighbor's house is for sale. Actually, it's sold. Actually, actually. yeah, it has been sold. Uh, I've forfeited my house. Um, I had to kick my neighbor out of their house that I don't really know how that happened, but they're gone. Um, yep. I don't have a car. Nope. Um, you have to bike uh, everywhere, don't you? I, I do have to bike everywhere. I think we have a bike. I have to bike four miles and back to class to West Campus every day. That's not even a lie. That's just real life. Um, <laughs> and then there, there was one more thing I get. Oh, yeah, my college tuition. That also was not part of the deal. But somehow Jordan Green gets my entire uh, college tuition as well. So, you know, um, yeah. Uh, Ryan Schroeder, you were there live on the ground to witness at Fort Worth Christian when uh, there were signs calling for my entire uh, basically livelihood. What were your thoughts being the man on the street in that situation? So I'm going to tell the story exactly how it was. I'm sitting there on the sideline and I'm talking to some of the basketball coaches at Fort Worth Christian. And I just see Jordan Green come off the field after I think was like one of the game ceiling plays. Jordan Green comes off from the sideline and goes, goes, I want your house. I want your house thinking that I'm Wes. And I'm like, I'm like, Jordan, I was like, it's not me. I don't, I don't, it's not my house. So then I had to tell him that Wes uh, is willing to give up his house for you. So then came along all the videos and stuff you can see on our social. We, uh, what's called, we had a lot of videos, fun videos of uh, not only Jordan yelling at the camera, but also the fans getting involved with it as well. So um, clearly everybody wants your house and, yeah, and everything else that came, comes along with it. Yeah, there was a lot that went along with that. There's also there was a tweet that uh the the person that runs No Context TXPS put out that uh it was probably the most No Context Texas private school media a tweet that's ever been put out. It's just that kid holding the whiteboard saying, "Wes, we want your house." I just remember leaving the leaving the Kincaid St. Thomas game and looking at that and like just dying laughing. Like that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. 
Um, there was something else I was going to say, but I've forgotten. But Walker, I mean, what are your thoughts on the whole shenanigans? Well, uh, on the Twitter space, which you should join every Friday night, uh, you know, the guys got on, you know, chirped Ryan, uh, chirped Wes a little bit. And I said, I, I, I give you my word, we will send you something. So because of that, uh, we have the I went into Wes's house and I stole the keys to Wes's house, Wes's neighbor's house, Wes's car. Uh, Wes's college tuition account and also everything else he owns. And they are on a red, actually, a uh, little lanyard that we will send up there. Uh, Jordan Green should get this, or someone at Fort Worth Christian should get this. And so, congratulations on winning everything that Wes owns. Uh, we will send this up there. We are people of our word, you know? So, got to send a little something up there as a symbol. Ryan, how does uh, Jordan Green know what kind of car I drive? That's a good point. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I I don't That's know. That's a shot in the dark at exactly. Yeah, see, um... see, I I don't know why he knew what car. I, no, I don't know. I don't know. He, I, a lucky guess. Lucky guess. Okay, just it was just kind of a uh, harrowing to like just be watching a funny video. Ha ha ha! He's gonna take. Oh, he knows exactly what kind of car I drive. That's kind of worrying. But you know, <laughs> I'm sure no one. I'm sure no one in our close, very tight knit podcast circle would b- betray any of my personal information. But you know, of, of course, I would never. Fantastic. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Anyways, no, no, not me either. Okay, good. Good. As long as I have both of your words. I know you're both men of honor. Moving on into our players of the week and the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week, junior quarterback Kevin Daughter from Fort Worth Lake Country Christian and a win over Corpus Christi West Oslo. He went and just get ready for this. 18 for 28, 247 yards, six touchdowns and 60 yards rushing and another touchdown for seven total touchdowns, nine tackles, an interception and a forced fumble and his fifth interception of the season. That's probably the most packed stat line I've read all year. You know, Kevin Dodd, absolute just weapon for Lake Country. Walker, Lake Country's in your neck of the woods. Your thoughts on Kevin Dodd just going absolutely insane for for Lake Country. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been like in the, you know, it's finally his junior, you know, he's a junior. He's it's his team now and uh you know, he had to be behind what was it? The Hollingsworth brothers and then now it's his team. And him and his brother who you, we also have to shout out uh Dougie Dodd had a fantastic game, four touchdowns, I think like 150 plus yards receiving Fantastic game, but it was Kevin seven total touchdowns elite. Doesn't matter who you play all of that seven total touchdowns for the star over there, Lake country, you know, they're five and oh now and it's, and they look like they are not trying to stop anytime soon with Kevin daughter at the helm, you know, five eleven, one sixty four five athlete. Like, I mean, this guy is the athletic can throw the ball. He's accurate with it. You can see it then. Kevin had 60%, uh, 64% completion percentage. And that means he's accurate with the ball. He can throw the ball. He can run with his legs. Seven total touchdowns. Hey, he got it on the done. He got it done on the defensive side of well a little bit. So uh, fantastic game from Kevin Doddard. Without a doubt. Um, I hate that I've been using sicko mode as an adjective, ironically. And I almost said, what are your thoughts on Kevin Doddard going sicko? go mode in this game i don't know why i just said that for the public to hear but i just figured they should get a glimpse into my unconscious mind so ryan schroeder your thoughts on kevin dardard going absolutely not sicko mode but insane for Lake country christian well shout out to the daughter brothers so if you if you couldn't put that mouth together seven and four that's 11 touchdowns combined between those brothers uh, i'm gonna let you know they didn't score 11 touchdowns so I'm gonna tell you right now. That means there was a daughter connection connection happening on the field. What what Kevin daughter throwing to Dougie? I mean, that's how can you stop that? The, like the chemistry there is is nuts. Like these guys have been throwing the ball to each other since they were little kids. Like I don't know. I I think that's just really really cool. I, I feel like it it was something that's cool for definitely um the family for for you know just like this is a great game um from both kevin and dougie but yeah well i mean that's nuts interception and a fumble uh forced fumble while also having seven touchdowns and over 300 yards i don't know you don't really see that every day do you no i don't think you do i think that's one of the better stat lines we'll see all season but congratulations to junior quarterback kevin daughter from fort worth lake country christian now for the texas private school podcast defensive player of the week Class of 25 defensive lineman Logan Fritcher from Bernie Geneva in a 20-7 loss to Central Catholic. 
the sophomore had 10 tackles, three of them solo, two pass breakups, and three sacks. You know, just a great, solid stat line for a defensive lineman, a sophomore defensive lineman nonetheless. Logan Fritchard just had an absolutely fantastic game. Walker, your thoughts on the sophomore defensive lineman, just getting it done in all aspects of the game here. Yeah, this is going to be one to watch in that sophomore class in the 25 class. 6'3", 225 athlete, you know. And against a good offensive line in San Antonio Central Catholic that we talked about earlier in the preseason uh, kind of talks, um, and he went, to, he just went to work this week. And uh, you got to impress. He's impressive. He has the size. He has the speed. And I mean, good game by the uh, the twenty five. And I'm just very very impressed. I'm excited to see how they he does the rest of the year because he could be one to watch. I mean that that size, but very very impressive game. Without a doubt, Ryan, your thoughts on Logan Fritcher's fantastic effort. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking up Logan online. I mean, homie's a big dude. So it's like I I'm that's very, very impressive. You know, obviously like like Walker said, Central Catholic O line. Um, and getting three sacks. I mean, that's that's the big thing that kind of set him apart, you know. He went out there against that kind of O line and you know, and took down Central Catholic. Um Three times, right? And the two pass breakups. I mean, I feel like that's also very important. Your defensive lineman getting pass breakups, you know? I don't know. I I, I think, in general, this is a very, really good game from Logan. And, uh, yeah, only 2025. You're only a sophomore. Things are going to be on the rise for him. So, look out for Mr. Fritcher. Without a doubt. So, a big congratulations to sophomore defensive lineman Logan Fritcher for being the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week. Now, is for a quick recap of last week's matchup presented by the TXPS Media Football Scoreboard. Shout out Ryan Schroeder. There is five games that we will talk about more in detail that are on the left-hand column. But in terms of other games, Central Catholic being done over Geneva is a big one. TCA Addison uh, beating Southwest. That's not something that I think any of us expected, uh, much to Walker's chagrin. But, you know, that's a big win for TCA Addison. Their first win of the season is really solid on their part. Covenant Christian, drumming McKinney Christian is good. Uh, TWCA beating Concordia pretty handily is also impressive. Um, Weatherford Christian and a strong win over Bishop Gorman. Um, good for Weatherford Christian. That kind of hurts my East Texas heart a little bit, but a solid win for one of the better programs in division four. And looking around, those are the main things that stand out to me. Regents just destroys St. Joseph's 51 to 12, even to a point that they can uh, take selfies in the locker room in the middle of the game. Uh, Walker, your thoughts on, on basically the, anything that stands out to you from the scoreboard. Yeah. I mean, I think you said most of it. I mean, uh, the SES, I think the buy came at the perfect time this week. Uh, you know, they had the buy this week going into the district and they might need some time to readjust and kind of rethink going into the next year, uh, next week. Um, SES has the talent, they have the coaching, they have everything you need to do successful. Not saying that TCA Addis is not a bad team because we knew they were due for a win. And I think SES was just that team that isn't as good as them, you know, it's just type of thing, but um, hopefully their mentality is staying strong going into district and knowing that they can cause some damage if they really want to. Um, so I'm excited to see how SES does this week or next week. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. I thought you were giving up all the season already. You're like going into the next season. I thought you were just <laughs> throwing in the towel for the Eagles. Ryan, your thoughts on anything that sticks out to you from the scoreboard? My game that I have to that I have to talk on was the Central Texas Christian game against Saint Dominic Savio. Um, I mean that Central Texas Christian Central Texas Christian team mm. uh, is pretty solid, and I actually, you know, in that game, I think we all picked Savio. So, you know, um, I just I don't know. I that, that was a really really good win for Central Texas Christian. I don't know a lot about those teams. Uh, I think we had uh, then we had one of the coaches come on during the during the what's it called during the space online as well. So we did. Um, so yeah, shout out to them. I mean, obviously, you know, that's one. And then the Alpha Omega, um, team being Tyler All Saints by uh, a good score of, uh, see if I can do my math right here, 46, you know, that was a great game that we had covered this past week for anybody that was wondering. Yeah. I mean, we had our East Texas correspondent, Matthew Liskey does a fantastic job at that game, tweeting updates. Matthew will be at games throughout the rest of the season because, you know, I have connections down in East Texas and I think that East Texas has some great football to offer that East that um, central Texas coach uh, was Leif Johnston. Um, so shout out to him. He was actually very, very nice, and respectful yeah, in our live. Uh, nice. He was much more respectful than I would have been if three college students picked against my team and then <laughs> we won. I, I would have been a menace, but shout out to coach Leif Johnston. Just fantastic guy. But moving on, we were actually going to recap our last week's matchup, starting 
with a game that both me that ugh, that both me and Walker got to cover, St. Thomas versus Kincaid. In a battle that featured some of the best talent in private schools, St. Thomas best Kincaid 35 to 14 last week. Junior quarterback Dante Lewis had 270 passing yards and four touchdowns. Johan Cardenas had 180 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown as well. And Edgecombe, Fazuro, Henderson, and Benton III were all very impressive for the Eagles. Jackson Ward and Zachary Rocha were also solid on defense, racking up double-digit tackles each. As for Kincaid, Micah Bell did Micah Bell things, rushing for 165 yards and two touchdowns. Also, junior Miles Roeder was also very impressive in the loss. Me and Walker basically penciled him in as someone to keep an eye on moving forward. So Walker, you were there covering the game with me. I mean, we both had a lot of thoughts coming out of this game, but what specifically stood out to you in St. Thomas versus Kincaid? I think St. Thomas is the second best private school in all of Texas. That's the biggest thing that came out of this. Um, they're, I, I, I mean, they're, they look the part. I mean, it's just impressive. Uh, I mean, some of those guys look that they could start at big time six A schools. Like it's it's kind of ridiculous how much talent they have on that squad. Um, and it's kind of everywhere. Like Dante Lewis, oh, man, he can he's good. I mean, he's just really good athlete, really good player. I mean, I don't want to say he reminds me of like a Kyler Murray, but I mean, kind of man. You know, he has the baseball background, kind of like Kyler. He can do everything. He can go with his legs. He's accurate with it, and having the weapons he has that. St. Thomas is just, I mean, Edgecombe, Benton, uh, Schaefer Henderson. Um, he just has so many weapons to go and just throw the ball to, and they have just 6'3", 6'4", like 5'11", 6'0", for maybe, no, maybe like 6'1", 6'2". I don't know how tall Luke Edgecombe is, but like um, multiple weapons who are tall, lanky, can run, man. They're just good players. And then defensive side, uh, I mean, also you have – four-star Johan Cardenas on the, the running of the ball too um you know, and then on the defensive side you know uh Zachary Ward or Jack Ward Zachary Rocha uh Caleb Davis was the impact player on the outside and Grant Stewart the 25 corner is also really good I mean these guys are looked apart they're the real deal um and I'm not saying Kincaid was bad Kincaid ran the ball really really well especially on that team um so they have a really good run offense of, you know, Michael Bell and Miles Roeder that he also mentioned was they're just good players. Um, Nico, what is it? Nico Gomez was a good player on their defensive side. Um, but I mean, St. Thomas looks like the second best team in private school. I think they really do. I remember we were talking to their offensive coordinator, coach Matt Hudson um, before the Sarah seven on seven game. We were like, all right, so who do y'all got? He was like, well, we got this transfer in from shadow Creek that, uh, that he's, he's the real deal. And we were like, Oh, we're like, okay, we're excited to watch. And we watched him in seven on seven. We're like, Holy crap. Dante Lewis is good. And it, that has definitely carried over into 11 man football has been fantastic to watch him. Another thing that blew me away was how big Cardenas is in person. That dude is built like, and with he doesn't sacrifice any speed because of his size. I mean, he is a bona fide Division One prospect. He is fantastic to watch in person. But Ryan, your thoughts—you weren't at the game, but your thoughts on St. Thomas versus Kincaid based on the numbers. Yeah, from what y'all told me, and from what I have seen right here, it's, it's very clear to see that St. Thomas is actually, you know, that that, that number two slot in uh, you know, all private school. Um, that's a great win. Obviously, you know. I think Kincaid has been a special team, uh, especially with Micah this year. Uh, when I saw him last year with with with, with Micah, I thought very, Micah was a very very good player. Um, some thought he was overshadowed or shadowed by his uh, by his brother, but Micah still put on a, a performance then, and I, I wouldn't expect any less from him in this game. However, Micah Bell is one player, and there's 22 guys um, that play on the offensive defense. So you know, w- with what I have to say with that is just St. Thomas has got a lot of guys. A lot of really, really talented guys. Johan Cardenas uh, obviously has proved himself as being a really, really talented player for St. Thomas this year. Um, you know, and 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 that's and that's just very, very impressive for them. So, uh, Dante Lewis and that team is is something special, and I think they make a they'll make a really, really good run for the South Side uh, or the the South Side of Texas in D one. Yeah. yeah. No. Were you gonna say anything, Walker? No, nah, I want to talk about it. I ha- I didn't see him play, but the one to watch for the future, 2026, Obina Ume. I'm gonna say that I could totally have just you know mispronounced that, but six three as a freshman in high school, 
six three, probably around like two hundo. I mean, he looks the part and one to watch for the future of that St. Thomas team. But yeah, I mean, that's it's it's just they have talent every single position. It's impressive. No, they do. It's really crazy to see in person. But that'll close the chapter on St. Thomas versus Kincaid. The next game we're going to recap is Munster Sacred Heart at Lubbock Christian. You know, um, Lubbock Christian wins here 34-28 to on their homecoming to improved in 5-0 and on the season. Bax Townsend is just that dude. He had a fantastic game, 29 for 40, 409 passing yards, 23 carries for 52 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Also, he had an interception on defense. I mentioned that he's a, he's a dual-sided player. He also plays safety. He doesn't just go out there sometimes. He plays safety. He got an interception as well. So Townsend's obviously a fantastic talent for Lubbock Christian. Swarzynski also got his for Sacred Heart. He had 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns. But Lubbock Christian, as I predicted, got the win here. Walker, um... 34-28 win. Love it, Chris is now 5-0 and in the season. Your thoughts about the boys out West? I think we talked about it a little bit on the when we picked, but we forgot, because we never did a D3 like preview and D4 preview, we forgot that a top five team in private school in D3 last year went down to D4, and that's in Lubbock Christian. And they returned their superstar in Bax Townsend, who are, was who was our offensive player of the year last year in Tabs D3. Um, he's a superstar man in that division and, uh, he's going to bring that team far, um, and beating sacred heart as they did. I mean, that's, and that was what our projected one of the top teams in D four. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they can do against, uh, whether for Christian who they play this week, we'll talk about that later, but I mean, dominant win for Lubbock Christian. I mean, I'm excited to see how this team plays, you know? Completely agree. Ryan, your thoughts on Lovett Christian getting the win here. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I was very I was really hesitant on this game because I really am high on Ryan Straczynski. But you know, Bax Townsend pr- proved it. And you s- you'll see that a lot in D4 of just like guys have to play both sides of the ball. You only got like like 20 guys on the roster. So it's like you got you gotta play both sides. Uh, so yeah, very, very impressive. Uh, you know, Bax Townsend is a great, great player. Um, if you can't tell by 409 yards, um, but yeah, I, that's very impressive to me, but yeah, Ryan Swarzynski, I'm sorry. That team for sacred heart is run by him. He is the man. He's the one that, um, basically, you know, is the leader on that team. Um, and this loss is nothing to them, man. I'm telling you right now, Swarzynski is going to, uh, take this team. Uh, as far as he can, and, and I, I have no 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 problem talking, uh, no problem um, announcing him as the leader for one of the best players in all of D four. Yeah, no, I don't think I can be debated at this point. Ryan Sprzynski is a fantastic talent, as is Back Townsend, and it was fantastic to watch both of them face off last Friday. Next game, we're going to recap Baylor Episcopal at Episcopal School of Dallas. I'm going to count how many times I say the word Episcopal in this recap, and it's probably going to be over 15. Class of 23 quarterback Patrick Burke throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns as ESD knocks off Baylor Episcopal 39 to 35 in exciting and somewhat controversial fashion. Burke also rushed for 116 yards and a touchdown as the senior led the Knights in all facets of the contest. Senior wide receiver Garrison Elliott had 145 receiving yards, and senior Blair Brennan had 90 yards and two touchdowns. So I know that I projected uh, Bel Air Episcopal to win. Which did either of you, or was that Palmer that picked ESD? Palmer. Yeah. Well, shout out to Palmer. Palmer was correct on that one. But yeah. So, I mean, Ryan, you obviously knew, I'll start with you here, Ryan, you knew that ESD was going to be good after you watched them last week. I didn't know they were going to be good enough to beat. Bel Air Episcopal, apparently they were 39 35. Your thoughts on ESD getting the huge win for them? I'm going to be straight up here. I, I don't, I didn't know how good Bel Air was. Like, to be fair, Bel Air is still, still a very, very good team. Don't get that twisted. I just think ESD is really, really talented. We we knew that Patrick Burke was talented. I should have known, but I, I, I just, it was Sabine. So I was like, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, Patrick Burke plays one quarter against Sabine. I'm like, I don't know. I, I really didn't get a full grasp of the whole team. Uh, but I, I could tell that Patrick Burke does very, very well for this team. Um, and so does Garrison Elliott. Garrison Elliott had a great game in the Sabine game as well. Um, so I, sh- I should have known. Let, let, me, let, let me make this clear. I should have known. I just didn't get enough of a sample size from that game. Um, however, and I didn't. I don't really know how good Bel Air is. I just know that 
from w- how well they played against. That was my whole statement. I was like, how well they played against Parish. I was going to rank that as like how good they are, you know, but like we keep saying, man, it doesn't matter how close you were to a team. It's like if you beat a team, it doesn't matter how close you were. So ESC proves it here. That's a great win. That's an absolutely great win against Bel Air, uh, a top team. And uh, yeah, Patrick Burke played insanely well. 300 yards, three touchdowns. I would expect nothing less from him. Uh, he's going to he's gonna have a really good senior year this year. Uh, Patrick Burke is the man for ESD. Completely agree. Walk, your thoughts on ESD getting the better of Bel Air Episcopal in this one? Patrick Burke's the real deal, man. And, you know, you would go into it, right? And you would think, SBC just in general, right? Like quarterbacks that are going to be like the top dudes, right? You have Patrick Burke, Stephen Gill, Carson Gordon, um, you know, Vaughn McKeever. But, I mean, this kid, man, Patrick Burke, he's just, he's good. Like, and it's and he can use his legs too, which is an underrated part of his game. Like he's elusive, he's athletic, he can get out of the pocket and make you know get that first down if needed. Um, I'm just very, very impressed with the kid, the senior athlete. And he I guess there was a reason we got him quarterback of the year, I believe, last year in SBC. So that makes sense. But I mean, there's there's a lot of guys on that team. They're some of those young guys are really impressive, but that's a big, big win for Episcopal School of Dallas over Bel Air Episcopal, who we thought. I mean, was the second best team in private school this year? Yeah, it really is gone. I was gonna say this real quick. I did two other guys I want to shout out for ESD that I got to see play well um, in their game. Colin Nicholson um, played absolutely incredible in that game. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. He's gonna tear it up as well. He had two touchdowns and 100 yards, and he only played that first quarter as well against Sabine. He's 2024, so we'll see him next year as well. And then uh, Jackson Pen, um, uh, Jackson Pennington, also really good. Uh, pick six in that game. Um, really talented defender. Um, I, I, I honestly think that uh, ESD is going to like run the table, man. I mean, uh, they did it last year too, you know? I, I, right? Like, but like, then comes the SUC championship game. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe they go undefeated and do the exact same. I, I, I don't think they do though. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm here. You go. This is my ESD statement right here. I say Uh-oh. I have them. I have them winning the whole thing. That's my statement. I, I think I, I don't think that, I don't think that's a huge statement to make, but they're talented, man. They're talented, and uh, although their coach may not think it, I think they're pretty. They're kind of big guys, like they're tall, right? So I don't know. That's my ESD statement to everybody out there that's wondering. I'm sure that'll end up on a few uh, Kincaid and Bel Air Episcopal billboards. Saint but, John's. You know, St. John, St. John's, oh, St. Yeah. John's too. That'll be interesting though. Yeah, I think ESD is a great team. I don't think, it, it is certainly not at all time to jump off the um, the Bel Air Episcopal ship. They are still a very talented team, very close loss. You can't really gather a lot from that for them. But moving into the final game, we're going to recap, and I'm actually going to give the keys to Ryan here. Number one, because uh, he was hold there. Hold on, hold on, we, hold on, hold on. You didn't do John you Cooper. Did, you missed John I Cooper. did not do John Cooper. Sure. I always, I always end up doing that. <clears throat> Moving into the second to last game, we're going to recap John Cooper at Irving Cistercium. John Cooper gets the win here, forty-eight to thirteen, in dominant fashion, progressing to five and one on the year. Senior quarterback Vaughn McKeever goes for three hundred thirty-one yards passing and five touchdowns, along with sixty on the ground. Dean Calhoun has two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown, where Keeler Sol- or Kyler Sullivan, I just learned how to pronounce his name, Kyler Sullivan has three receiving touchdowns. Alonzo. Baron Kia, I think, has a receiving touchdown where the Dragon defense had a dominant effort as well. So, guys, I mean, I projected this to be a close game. Um, I thought Cistercian was a very solid team. I thought they'd keep it close. I thought John Cooper would win, but I thought it would be close at least. Um, the Dragons had other plans here. Um, they have been absolutely weed-whacking every team they've played since that opening day loss to TWCA. Walker, I mean, the Dragons are just on an absolute tear as of late. Your thoughts on John Cooper and this big win? I mean, I don't think it's even just as late. I mean, for a while now, for two yeah. two years, they've been the big-time name at uh, SBC 3A, and they're not stopping anytime soon. I know I said in the preview, I said that Dig Calhoun might, been, might have been the difference maker in this game, and he had three touchdowns this game. So, I, I mean, I know, I, I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two type of thing. Shout out to State Farm. I believe that's the thing, but uh, yeah, man, John Cooper is the, the front runner in SPC 3A for a reason. They're dominant. You know, the S the T- TWCA loss maybe got themselves in the right mindset of like, 
hey, like we're good. We just need to play like it. And that's what they did the rest of the week so far. Um, so shout out to John Cooper, man. So that would actually be a farmer's insurance quote, but but very close, very close with the reference. Ryan, your thoughts on on John Cooper and Cistercian? That's funny. That's so funny. Also, I love the grass comment you made a second ago. That's awesome. What did you say? The clip in the grass or something like that? Oh, uh, weed whacked. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great way of uh, talking about John Cooper. Um, yeah, this this is this is a uh, let me count the games. I think they played ten games. Uh, this is a ten game. Uh, this is a 10 and 0 team uh, right here. That Woodlands game is a, a loss they shouldn't have had, but don't count out that last game. On October 21st, they played Trinity Valley. I am very interested to see that game. Just with the way that TDS has been playing recently, I think that's going to be their tough, toughest battle because Assertion was supposed to be their toughest battle, but I think their toughest battle is going to be TBS. Fourth Country Day, Houston Christian, you know, not going to put up as much of a fight, but Trinity Valley, man. That's the game you gotta you gotta you gotta that's the game to go nine and one, right? So but yeah, great, great win this week. Um, you know, Cistercian has been a team that we've been pretty high on ourselves. Um, and yeah, Kyle Sullivan, uh that's impressive, man. Three three touchdowns is super, super impressive. And uh if you didn't know Von McKeever's name by how many times we've talked about him, then uh five touchdowns should ring a bell in your head. He's a talented quarterback, man. He's been a talented quarterback. He did it last year. He won them a championship last year, and he's bound to do it again this year. He's that guy. He is that he's guy. He's him. Him. Um, talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> projecting a little bit towards that Trinity Valley matchup, you know, I know we've said a billion times, and I've said even more in the past, that the transitive property does not apply in sports, but we're going to use it as a measuring stick, as we always do. So, John Cooper just beat Cistercian 48 to 13. Uh, let me get out of this ad. Um, Trinity Valley beat Cistercian on uh, September 16th, 30 to 27. So the math would tell you that John Cooper should beat Trinity Valley. Um, again, the transitive property has failed us in more ways than one this year, but it'll be an interesting game. I really do think, I think, that matchup between Gavin Parkhurst and Von McKeever is going to be one of the best quarterback matchups in private school this year. I'm incredibly excited to watch it. And that's going to be, I think, just a fantastic game in the future. But moving on into the last game we're going to recap, that is Dallas Christian at Fort Worth Christian. I'm going to give this game to Ryan, number one, because Ryan was there. Number two, because um, I don't think I can really talk about a game without choking up that I forfeited all of my... Uh, yeah, Walker, I get it. I was getting there. Anyways... Ryan Schroeder, take it away with DC FWC. Yeah, so obviously I've seen Forward Christian two weeks in a row now, uh, and they're a pretty solid undefeated team. One team had to leave this game undefeated. Um, both were undefeated coming into this game, and only one can stay undefeated, but let's get into it, man. Luke Anderson is that guy for Forward Christian. And, um, he's had five touchdowns in the last two games, um, and it's just out, uh, downright very impressive. Uh, schools that are, are looking at him at the linebacker position. But if he's going to rush for 239 yards and three touchdowns, then you might be getting a little bit of both with this guy. Uh, for reference, yeah, those 239 yards and three touchdowns also came with 17 tackles, four tackles for loss, two pass breakups, and a sack. So, uh, yeah, he's playing both sides of the ball. And by the way, that's in D2, by the way. This isn't D3 or D4 where most of the guys are playing both sides. This is D2 where you got some guys playing different sides of the – like, uh, you know, you got defenders and you got offensive guys, right? So Jordan Green, uh, Jordan Green was the other guy. That's the man for them. Caught two touchdown passes from Hogan Nelson. Um, and, and he told Wes he wanted his house, uh, if you didn't know that already. Uh, Jacob Trimble also played well for Fourth Christian, but his strongest impact wasn't on offense. It wasn't on special teams returning kicks for touchdowns like he did the week before against Great Five Faith and what he's been normally doing. It was his two clutch interceptions that he really that really made an impact for the Christian. He played defense, which according to from what I have heard, is a new thing that he's been doing. And yeah, came in and made an impact right away. So I love that as well for them. Uh and it was his uh it was his two uh or I was uh I was gonna say, yeah, his two clutch interceptions really made an impact for the forward Christian team. Very well-rounded player to say the least about him. But for Dallas Christian, you have to talk about the guys that still did well for them. Luke Carney had a solid game. He threw for 218 yards and three touchdowns. His main target is obviously the man that we all know from Dallas Christian, William Nettles. 
157 yards and nine catches and two touchdowns. Obviously the main target for Carney um, and, and Nettle still had a good game. You know, uh, I just think in this game, it got away from Dallas Christian. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it was the high of beating some of these other teams, the D1 team of Nolan Catholic the week before. And, you know, they're coming in. They, they had a really a non-district schedule they pl- they played super well in. Um, but yeah, you, 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 this is your last non-district game against fourth Christian. And, uh, you know, this rivalry runs deep y'all. I'm telling y'all, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens with rivalry. They could be division two, II, division three. They can be in the same district. This rivalry will stay around forever. Uh, we put a, a post about it out, out last week about how big this rivalry is. Go check it out. It's on our Instagram and our Twitter. Um, it has all the stats from, from the, that we had from, uh, our friends over at, LSCSN. Um, so yeah, they, it's, it's, it's very interesting to look at just the, 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 the history of this entire, um, rivalry, but yeah, great game fourth Christian, absolutely great team. Um, you know, I saw them only beat Griffin faith by seven, but this is a really true statement of how good this team is. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just happy that both teams had fun. I think that's the important no, you can't thing claim to that. focus you cannot on not here. Claim that. You cannot claim that. Cause I can't really, be a good, I can't be oh. a good sport. No, no. You're trying to because... tell me I should stir up and create animosity among the among the athletes of private school. Shame on you. Yeah, does Jordan Green shame on does, you? Does Jordan Green think you want both teams to win in that game? I hold myself to a high standard, Ryan Schroeder, and I will not let that be imposed oh. upon by you. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> but in a, in all seriousness, I mean, what a game. I mean, I'm so glad this game got to happen, and it really it shows us how good Fort Worth Christian is. I mean. DC is DC. I was telling Walker on the drive back from from Houston that he was like, "Oh, that's a D three team beating all these other teams." I was like, "I don't. I'm thinking I'm paraphrasing, but I was like, you can't like you can't look at DC as a D three team. You just yeah. have to have DC as Dallas Christian. No matter what division they're in, they're still the perennial power, and it speaks so highly to Fort Worth Christian to host them and knock them off." in that fashion. I mean, it's, it was a fantastic effort. I mean, Hogan, Nelson, Jacob, Trimble, Jordan green, all of them are incredible athletes along with Luke Anderson, I think, and it's going to be reflected in our rankings. This is one without a doubt, one of the best teams in division two Walker lot, your thoughts on fourth Christian here. I'm going to get short and sweet. Cause y'all talked a lot about this game. I think the rushing game for both teams was impressive and how they stopped and you know, how they succeeded Fort Worth Christian let Zach Hernandez, you know, usually DC, right? DC can run the ball really, really well. And what they did that with 114 yards, but he had zero touchdowns on the night. And I think that's what the big deal was, is that they kind of bent, but didn't break the, in the rushing game. And that's always been the key part of this team for DC. And then Luke Anderson finally got his, which, you know, DC has always been known for defense and really stopping the run as much as they can. And they let, Luke Anderson run for 240 and three touchdowns. I think that was the big key of the game is the rushing game for both sides. Yeah. I mean, it's something that DC normally excels at and excels at stopping. And, you know, the, the script was kind of flipped here and that was what spelled victories for the Cardinals, but wrapping up that game, that'll actually conclude our previews and now or conclude our reviews. And now we get to introduce something that has been a long time in the making our inaugural Texas private school podcast power rankings. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Looking at division one, the top 10 here, number one, Parish Episcopal, followed by Houston, St. Thomas, Plano, Prestonwood, San Antonio, Antonian, Central Catholic at number five, Tomball, Concordia, Lutheran, Bishop Lynch out of Dallas, Fort Worth, Nolan Catholic, TCA, Addison at nine, and Houston, St. Pius at number 10. And there will be an article up on our website that I'll write that'll explain a little more in detail our rationale behind these rankings. But guys, just very quick bullet point thoughts, 30-second type stuff. What are your thoughts on the Division One rankings? Walker, start with you. I think it's good. I think the top two are for sure the number one and number two. Um, Antonian Prep is a big team that I'm excited to see how they do when it comes to district. And uh, T.C. Addison, I mean, they're a good squad, and I'm excited to see how they do in district. Without a doubt. Ryan Schroeder, give me your bullet point thoughts on D1. Yeah, I think one and two are without a doubt here. I think you can just um, absolutely mark those down. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, like you said, Walker about TCA Addison. That's a team that's one in five right now. That honestly could be uh, a really challenger in uh, come district time. 
without a doubt. Looking at now our top 10 in Division Two, number one, Austin Regents, number two, Liberty Christian out of Argyle, followed by Fort Worth Christian, Fort Bend Christian Academy, Fort Worth All Saints at five, Southwest Christian at six, Grapevine Faith at number seven, undefeated Tyler Grace Community at number eight, Bishop Dunn at nine, and the Woodlands Christian Academy at the number 10 spot. Walker Lott, your bullet point thoughts on D2. I think the top three are very, very interesting, right? You know, who would you have as number one? And please let us know down below. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts. Um, The top three are the very intriguing ones. For Ben being that way is kind of interesting. Um, And TWCA being the top 10 is very, very good for that. Uh, The Woodlands Christian Warriors, I believe, down in the Woodlands. Ryan, I'll give you just a very specific question. What are your thoughts on number eight, uh, an undefeated team being at number eight when most of the undefeated teams are one to three? It's kind of funny because I feel like you just had to glorify that they were undefeated when Fourth Christian and Austin Regents are still undefeated as well, but that's whatever. Um, probably a reason why they're at eight. Oh, you probably, uh, oh, no. All right. Uh, find, find out in the article. Right, right. Not on the article. <laughs> because, you know, Wes is a homer, so – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, fourth Christian, obviously, I think uh, we can tell you right now, three, two, and one are uh, are definitely a uh, little bit uh, – I would say it's like it's a little bit step above the rest. So, But you can hear more about our thoughts on the article as well. Without a doubt. Moving into Division three slash Division four, number one, Dallas Christian. Surprise, surprise. Number two, Trinity Christian Lubbock, team I'm very high on. Number three, the first D4 team, Lovett Christian, followed by Lake Country Christian, then Grace Prep, San Antonio Holy Cross, Dallas Covenant. Number eight, another D4 team, Munster Sacred Heart. Number nine, Cypress Christian. And number 10, the third and final D4 team, Weatherford Christian. So, Walker Lot, quick thoughts on D3, D4. Uh, number five, Grace Prep being at number five. And I think they're a pretty good squad. So, I'm excited to see how they do in district and maybe rise the ranks in a little bit. And I think the other one, San Antonio Holy Cross at number six, they're a good, you know, four and one so far. They've always never been able to get out of the South. Is this their year? We'll find out. Question mark. Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah, just that's very impressive at D4 team. Lubbock Christian is, is the number three spot. You only have Dallas Christian and Trinity Christian Lubbock above them. Just kind of proves how dominant they've been and how dominant they might be in D4 this year. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do and seeing – if a D4 team can rise the ranks in this D3, D4 ranking. Very intriguing. Our final individual league ranking of the top 10 out of SBC, 3A and 4A. Number one, Episcopal School of Dallas after that big win over number two, Bel Air Episcopal. Number three, Houston St. John's. Number four is the John Cooper School, the first 3A team on this list, followed by Houston Kincaid, then Trinity Valley, then Cistercian out of Irving. Dallas St. Mark's at eight. Arlington Oak Ridge at nine and then Houston Christian at number 10 Walker lot thoughts on top 10 ESPC. We have a two versus three matchup this week. That's exciting. I'm excited to go watch that. Uh, John Cooper over Kincaid. You never thought that you would, if you did that last year, you'd be called crazy, but uh, that's going to be an interesting one to see if we just value John Cooper really well. And then TVS, can they do good in district to maybe even jump even higher? It's going to be interesting to watch. I think so. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on the list? I know we're going to people are going to talk about John Cooper over Houston Kincaid. I mean, that's just going to be the main topic, but I'm I'm right there with y'all. I think John Cooper is just that team over Kincaid this year. Um, you know, the 5 and 1 uh and the only loss be, this is it should be 6 6 and 0 team. So, yeah, call it call it how it is, man. I I, I like that John Cooper team a lot, even more so than Kincaid. I would have to agree, considering I'm one of the people that made the list. <laughs> moving into the uh, moving into the final thing that we will recap, the top ten overall, which always gets interesting. Number one, Parish Episcopal. Number two, Houston St. Thomas. Number three, Episcopal School of Dallas. Number four, Bel Air Episcopal. Number five, Austin Regents. Houston St. John's at number six. Number seven is Argyle Liberty. Number eight is Fort Worth Christian. Number nine is Dallas Christian, and number ten is Plano Prestonwood. Walker Lot. Is Dallas Christian somehow going to complain about being number nine on the list overall in private schools when they're a D3 team? Your thoughts? Uh, probably, but um, <laughs> you you can't you can't put them above Fort Worth Christian, and we have Fort Worth Christian at eight. So I mean, that's kind of how we said it. Uh, you forget, like these ten teams are very very good, like all top to bottom. This team is a very good list and can compete with most teams in the state. Um. I just really like it. I think the top three teams, I think they submit themselves this past week as the top three teams in private school. Um, 
the the how you rank those D two teams in there is going to be the interesting thing, uh, and we'll see it after a couple of weeks of how they kind of all pan out. I agree, Ryan Schroeder. Your quick thoughts to finish up the power rankings. Yeah, I'm just gonna say this. Imagine Houston, St. Thomas, and ESD play each other this year. That would have been a crazy matchup. I just I just thought about that right now. That's a crazy matchup if it was if it was scheduled on there. But yeah, I I, I think I think we got it right on this one. You know, usually the top ten overall is uh, pretty pretty hard um, to you know narrow down. But I'm I'm pretty happy with what we've done after uh, six weeks of football. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty ha- yeah I'm pretty pretty happy with how this turned out. I think I think we got a good idea of what's going on. I would also think so. There's going to be about 50 people on Twitter that have other opinions, but we will address that as it comes. Moving into our final segment of the week, as always, our five games of the week. Number one, Grace Prep at Pantigo Christian. The line is Grace Prep minus six and a half. Grace Prep will travel to Pantigo Christian on Friday to kick off D3 District 1 play. Pantigo has a solid score has had a solid start to the year, besting Bay Area, McKinney, and Legacy Christian. You know, they have talent all over the field, and certainly at quarterback with Class of 23, Wesley Smith, elite name. Defensively, Class of 23, Cornelius Biasong wreaks havoc and will be tasked with keeping a high-powered Grace Prep offense in check. You know, the usual suspects are at place here are at play here for the Lions. Senior quarterback Jalen Talton is already having a tremendous year with over 1,600 yards passing through over five games. You know, throwing to Caleb Mathis, the Lions have one of the best offenses in D3 and will be a tall order to stop. And for that reason, I like Grace Prep here and the points. Give me the Lions. Walker Lott, your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to also go uh... – Grace Prep in this one. I I really think Jalen Talton is one of the best quarterbacks in all of private school. I really, really like his game. And I think a guy you didn't even mention is Caden Lehu, who is going to be a dog for them this year. They also Grace Prep also has another wide receiver who looks pretty good, and I'm excited to see how they do. Rain Broadway, 2024, came over this year, 6'2", 185 receiver. Uh, just visited Auburn this last week, I believe. And he's going to be one to watch in that 24 class. Um, Big time weapon of, you know, Grace Prep already had weapons with Mathis and Lehu, adding Broadway into the mix. I mean, he's a that's just an elite receiving core for any team in private school. I would have to agree. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah, I think this Grace Prep team is actually – I think they're a three-and-two team. You know, I, I – the fourth Christian loss, that's, I'm okay with that loss for sure. Uh, this assertion loss, like that could have gone either way, but that Oak Ridge loss, like that should have been a winning, a one game for Grace Prep. So I, I think, you know, you look at this, if you're on the outside looking in, you see two, three versus three, two, like whatever. Grace Prep is the more talented team here. I think they played a really hard uh, non-district schedule, a really good win over Southwest Christian, a good win over Coram Deo. I love how they just packed the non-district schedule with teams. Um, you know, that I feel like are, you know, you know, divisions above them and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's impressive. And Grace, uh, Grace Prep uh, show that they're ready for district now. So give me Grace Prep in this game. From the outside looking in, you can't understand it. From the inside looking out, you can't explain oh, it. Moving what, on. Wes, hmm. I, would, I would like you to uh, tell the people where we get our um, lines for these games. Everybody's kind of wondering where the lines come from. And I think it'd be good to tell the people. So the lines that I report on come from the Massey ratings. You just go to MasseyRatings.com. There's a little tab that says uh, that says high school football. You click on that. You click on Texas. And then you can find the projected computer-generated lines for any game that you want to find. Yeah, we have been getting a lot of people asking about that. That's some, We introduced that for the state championship previews last year. And it's one of my favorite things we do. I think it gives a great measuring stick to what at least – you know, computer analytics thinks the games will be like, but that's just MasseyRatings.com. Moving into the next game, we're going to preview number three, Lubbock Christian at number 10, Weatherford Christian. Lubbock Christian is favored by 19 and a half points. Two of the best teams in D4 will battle it out Friday as Lubbock travels to Weatherford to take on the Lions. Max Townsend and the Eagles have completed an undefeated non-district campaign, and the Eagles look poised to make a run at the tapped D4 title. Averaging over 50 points a game, the Eagle offense looks to be an unstoppable machine up to this point, but they will meet a test when they run into Weatherford Christian, a team that has only lost to 2021 runner-up Munster Sacred Heart. Athletes such as Ezra Jackson, Hunter McCoy, and Braden Bork will keep the Lions in any game. However, staying in the game is not enough to overthrow the Eagles. Give me the Lubbock Christian Eagles to win this game. Walker, your thoughts? I'm going to go Lubbock Christian in this one. 
Uh, I think the big win over Munster's Ticket Heart last week is just too good to sh- like. It's just a, such a good win for them, and it shows that they're the real deal. And so I'm gonna go that they'll be what six and zero this next week. Um, but hey, I think watch out for that Weatherford team. Braden Bork is the real deal. They have some dudes over there. Uh, the Twins, uh, Ezra Jackson. They got some guys over there that they're gonna. Uh, what is it, Boxton Cox, the defensive lineman? They got some dudes over there that they're going to make it close. And I could see an upset happening in this one. So, but give me Lubbock Christian. I'd have to agree, or at least on the Lubbock Christian aspect of that. Ryan, your thoughts on Lubbock Christian versus Weatherford. Yeah, this is going to be one of the best D- D4 battles uh, of the year. Um, so it's a very important game. Um, however, I think you have to just look at this from from a, a very objective point of view. Lubbock Christian is just very, very talented team. We know that they could be D3 teams at this point. Um, and I just think at this point, you, you can't look at Bax Townsend and the rest of this Lovett Christian team um, and not say that they're a talented team. So although Weatherford Christian uh, has dudes this year and they're proving to, you know, be a force with a four and one record, that's that's actually insanely, ta- uh, you know, insanely uh impressive uh insanely impressive uh but yeah i I have lovey christian here and uh that's a good d4 battle though really good d4 battle and uh it'll be interesting to see um you know whether what max townsend could do i wonder if he's gonna throw for (laughs) three 300 plus yards again you know sorry i just saw a tweet you can keep this in i just saw a tweet that i'm gonna send y'all that made me just cringe as hard as physically possible but that'll be love it christian three of us to beat Weatherford Christian next game. We're going to preview number eight, grace community versus number seven, grapevine faith. Faith is favored by 20 and a half points, which is a very large margin against a, um, how do you say undefeated Cougar squad new district mates face off Friday as the grace Cougars will travel to grapevine to take on faith. Faith started out very strong with two wins, but have since dropped three straight, albeit to three of the top teams in private school. Senior quarterback Chase Cross, senior running back John Raybook, and junior running back Clayton Slebecki make up the bulk of the talent for the Lions and will look to run all over the Cougars. Grace enters the contest 5-0, their best start since 2010. However, the Cougars really haven't played anyone up to this point. Four of those wins have come against poor UIL programs, and the Brook Hill win doesn't tell us a whole lot. However, talent is certainly not in short supply for the Cougars. Between Jamarion Johnson, Reed Alexander, Nick Stewart, Caleb Wilson, and Grant Turner, the Cougars certainly have the talent to pull this one off. Sadly, and I mean sadly, I can't make myself pick them here, and you have no idea how much that hurts me to say. Um, I think Grace is so much better than they have been in past years, and I think they are certainly a playoff team in this district. I think Faith is going to win. Um, I think between Sebecki, Raybook, and Chase Cross, I think they have a great offense. Um, I think Grace just needs a little bit more time. I'm going to have to pick Faith here, and I I should have. I really should have picked Faith. All right, I'm glad that I picked Faith. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm taking Faith. Walker, lot your thoughts. I'm going Tyler Grace. Uh, this I doesn't seem right. I know the the tape how to turn tables as they say not really but um yeah I'm gonna go Tyler Grace in this one I really like Reed Alexander the rest of those guys Jamarion Johnson Nick Stewart I'm gonna go with the upset in this one because I don't know I don't know how good Grace is like they haven't faced any other team that we know about um so for that I'm gonna go kind of go the upset and kind of go the mysterious wild card in this one because. Uh, Faith lost a close one to fourth Christian, I believe last, and it's going to be interesting to see what they can do from there. So, uh, give me Tyler Grace. See my, my rationale here. No, it just means you don't trust your school, right? Okay. Um, okay. So we're not going to do that because I, (laughs) I love Grace community with all of my heart. I, I went out on a limb for them against the Brook. Hey, you picked against them against Brook. And I'm, and I, and now I'm, um, I knew I was, I got proven wrong. So I'm going to slide with the people that proved me wrong. Okay, so what I will say is my my rationale behind this game is that um, is that Grace beat Brookhill by eleven. I think Grapevine Faith beat Brookhill sixty one to twenty one by forty. Again, Mm -hmm. for someone that says as much as I do, the transitive property doesn't apply in football, and then proceed to use the transitive property in like everything I do, it seems hypocritical. that just it, it it makes me unable to pick Grace at the moment. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on the game? 
Yeah, I've seen Faith play at this point, and I know they're a talented team. They're only seven points away from Fourth Christian, and they actually they, they played a super hard non-district schedule as well. I know I've said that about a lot of teams, but you 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 book ESD and you book Grapevine Faith. I mean, you made a book Fourth Christian and all this kind of stuff. Like these are hard teams to beat, right? These are teams we're ranking in like the top ten overall in our ranking. So you know, Faith has gone through the battles this year. Um, they've they figured stuff out. Chase Cross looks absolutely incredible. Um, and so to Sebecki. Sebecki is putting up numbers right now. Uh, Clayton Sebecki, uh, he's the 2024 running back, if uh, those who don't know. Um, I mean, I think if I'm not wrong, put up like 150 total or maybe 200 yards total off of like receiving and uh, um, run, uh, rushing. And he plays the slot when he um, he is receiving, but then uh, when he's actually running, like they change him out. They'll put him in the receiver position and they'll put Raybuck in the running back position. I really, really like how their offense is set up, in my opinion. I just think overall – um, that Great Five Faith does a great job with 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 how they set up their offense. I think that just they played such hard teams this year that you know it's going to be interesting. But now that they're into district, a district that I keep saying is very very good, but I I don't know, man. I I'm, I'm losing hope, man. I'm sure. losing hope on this district. I'm sorry. I I try to defend it this entire year, but I'm I'm losing hope. I think Faith is just a really good team after I saw them play. Yeah. Um. Don't don't get it twisted. I'm going to be rooting for Grace with every fire of my being to win this game. No, you're I, going to be rooting I, for Faith because you've picked Faith. Absolutely not. I don't care. The pick record means nothing uh, relative to my my loyalties. Oh God, I got caught. In Woo! I means got nothing. In I'm taking this home, man. Woo! Okay, so notice I said relative to my loyalties. So that wasn't an objective statement. It was a relative one. Anyways, moving on to the second to last game we're going to cover. Number two, Liberty Christian, and number three, Fort Worth Christian, in the best D2 game we might see all year. Liberty is favored by 12.5 points. In a battle of the best teams in Division II, something will have to give on Friday. The Warriors enter off of four straight wins, the last three in dominant fashion. Senior quarterback Jacob Vaughn is leading Liberty to an average of 35 points per game, as LCS is well exceeding preseason expectations. Fourth Christian had a huge statement win last Friday, knocking off perennial power Dallas Christian in exciting fashion. Sophomore quarterback Hogan Nelson and senior tight end Jordan Green make quite the duo for the Cardinals, and contributions from Luke Anderson and Jacob Trimble make Fort Worth Christian almost impossible to bet against. Almost. Listen, Fort Worth Christian, you have wholeheartedly earned my respect, and I am a man who admits when he is wrong, and I was wrong last week, but I am not blinded by recency bias. Liberty Christian is on an absolute tear. Am I betting my house on this game? No. Can I wager something I've already lost? No, I can't. But Liberty wins this game. Side with the data. Walker Lot, your thoughts? Gosh, this is tough. This might be the toughest game we've had all year, and I'm not even joking. I think this is a tough one to bet, um, to pick. I'm like the spokesperson for fourth Christian now. Like, do I, do I don't, do I go against them in a team that I really, really like with Jacob Vaughn, Brady Janusek? Like who's going to guard Brady Janusek on that team? I don't know what corners they have. And Janusek is going to be, going to be one of the best 25 receivers maybe out there. Quentin Brown, Trey Turner. I think Trey Turner does really, really good. Oh my gosh. This is, this is tough. Like this is. I love watching you decide this in real time and just seeing your brain work. Football is one of the trenches. And for that, I'm going to pick Fort Worth Christian. Um, Alex Harrelson is a very, very dominant defensive lineman for them. Um, and the offensive lineman, John Vaughn, is are two really good players for them. Um, for that reason, because of those guys and the other offensive linemen, like Elijah Sullivan, uh, O-line, D-line, Parker Norton, because of those guys, I'm going to pick it. Because I think skill-wise, skill on skill, I think this, this game is going to be very, very good. But I also, you know, Argonne Liberty has Reeves Baller, the 2023 defensive lineman, uh, Gabe Moore, the offensive lineman. I'm just going to say the 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 trenches, I want to give the edge to Fort Worth Christian. So for that, I'm going to pick them. But this, 
This is a good one, ladies and gentlemen. This is a good one, and you need to tune in to our coverage. Um, not coverage. I don't think anyone's going to be there. You just need to tune in to us talking about this game because this is a big one. Go tune in. Go watch a live stream. That's going to be a very exciting game. I love you uh, showing showing some love to the guys in the trenches. Often underappreciated, but never, never um, does the – the the recognition doesn't go to them, but they they do the dirty work, and that's yeah, what they dude, do. My my brain's starting to go out. We need to finish this up. Ryan, your thoughts on your thoughts on Fort Worth Christian Liberty Christian? Okay, I've seen this team play twice in a row, and I just I think it has to be known that this Liberty team is insane. I, I'm I'm gonna pull up the stats for you right here. Jacob Vaughn has played in. Let me count the games here real quick for you. It should be five. It's six. Um, he's played in six games. Okay. He has thrown. Let me pull this back up real quick. He's thrown for almost 1,900 yards this season. Um, 1872 is what he's at right now uh, with 20 touchdowns. So uh, pretty good season, I'd say, for Jacob Vaughn if it ended today. Um, however, I just... I love this forward Christian team. I, I have kind of like just been all like it's, it's it. They work so well together. Um, you know, Jordan green, Jacob Trimble, Luke Anderson, um, what's called Hogan Nelson. just, uh, the other guys, well, uh, uh, as in Kirtan, uh, Bryce Bradley, all four of those guys are really impressive players. And they're obviously the main targets. I mean, they have to be the main targets. They're all four catching for them, but, it just they work so well together. They're they're all uh, synchronized in how many basically receptions they get per game. It's all four to five each game. Like it just works so well on that offense. Luke Anderson is a stud. He'll go get seventeen tackles and then he'll come over on the other side of the ball and score three touchdowns. It's like like how do you stop that? Argyle Liberty stops that. Um, I have Argyle Liberty in this game, winning this game based on the fact that I just think. They have they have beaten some really good teams this year. They went three points, uh, a three point defeat to, to ESD. Um, you know, you, you you what's called you you beat the Great Fine Faith team that Fourth Christian only beat by seven. You beat them by twenty. No, make that thirty seven. Um, I, I just I think I have to go with Liberty here. Jason Witten is doing an amazing job with this team. This team is just so insanely fun to watch from what I, from what I've seen on the live streams for the first couple of weeks I was watching them. Um, love you for Christian. It's been fun watching you these past two weeks. Your offense is incredible. Your defense is, is just basically all the offensive players having to play both sides. So I feel like you're going to get a little bit um, tired guess I'll, what I'll say? A little tired. You know, you, every guy playing both sides of the ball. I think Liberty Christian takes it, takes advantage of that. That's here. Very interesting. So that's two of us on Liberty, one on Fort Worth Christian. Moving into the final game that we will preview for this week. Number two, Houston St. John's at number three, Bel Air Episcopal. Episcopal is favored by six and a half in this matchup. And another two versus three matchup, Red Hot St. John's will face off against Talentfield EHS. St. John's has a bona fide star and sophomore athlete, Cole Allen, who has put up incredible numbers the first six games. He is joined in the backfield by a junior quarterback, Stephen Gill, who put up 1,300 yards and 16 touchdowns through the Mavs' first four. On the other side, the combination of Carson Gordon, Andre Thompson, Lane Leyenbarger, and Madden Morgan will be a tough one to stop. Even with the loss to ESD, I still think EHS is one of the most talented teams in private school, and I think they get it done here. Give me EHS and the points. Walker Lott, your thoughts? Uh, I'm excited to go to this one. I haven't seen either teams. I'm excited to see that. Uh, Wes, you saw what I said. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Houston St. John's in this one. Uh you know, St. John's is a really good team, and I believe in the hype of Cole Allen, man. I think he's going to be a superstar in, in private school this, this next couple of years, and I'm just very, very impressed with him. Stephen Gill has had a great year. I'm not saying taking away from Bel Air Episcopal. I think Bel Air Episcopal is a really, really good team, and I think this is going to be a battle to the end. Um, but just give, give me – just I believe in St. John's in this one, so give me St. John's. Fair enough. Ryan Schroeder, close us out. This is close. Seven point loss to the best team 
to ever play in private school football. Yep, I'm telling it. I'm saying it. This team is better than all those teams you used to complain about. What's that team that you used to complain about, Wes? Uh, what, are, what are they called? Trinity the, Christian, Trinity I think. Christian? I think someone wrote an article on them. Yeah. Christian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, better than Trinity Christian. This Parish team, this dynasty, is insane. You went seven points within them, and Be- Belair just this past week played a really, really talented uh, ESD team. I, I just have to tell you at this point, Belair is still that talented team. There's still those dogs. They're still, in my opinion, you know, one of those top teams in private school in total. And I have them being St. John's here in this game. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really impressed. You know, I, all this transitive property stuff. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all, y'all been through it, and I'm probably going to be wrong. And St. John's is going to be on my 40, but you know. I just have Belair in this game. I'm really positive on Belair. I really think they're still a talented team. The ESD loss means nothing, in my opinion. Hmm. Fair enough. So that's two on Belair Episcopal. By the way, I missed uh, I misspoke to start this. Houston St. John's is the number three in our rankings. Belair Episcopal is number two. But that being said, that will actually close out all of our analysis for this episode. Uh, Walker Lot, Ryan Schroeder, Walker Lot, you first. Anything you want to say before we get out of here? I am excited. This is it's district. It's district. Guess who's back? Back again. District's back. Go tell and like and subscribe and tweet and notifications. <laughs> um, anyways, but yeah, this is a great week, man. I'm excited. These are a lot of good games. Even not just these five, a lot of other ones that are going to be going on this week are going to be really, really good ones. Um, I'm going to say some I'm excited for. I'm excited for T.C. Addison at Plano Prestonwood. I'm excited for St. Thomas at Central Catholic. Uh, All Saints at Midland. Uh, Regents at Brownsville, Lutheran South at Fort Bend, uh, Dallas Christian at five and zero, Dallas Covenant. Shout out to those guys. San Antonio Holy Cross at Steiner St. Paul, and yeah, I think those are some really good games, and I'm excited to see how this week turns out. I would have to agree, Ryan Schroeder. Your thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I'm just gonna let everybody know, man. Check out our website. It's got a lot of information going on on it. Um, we're, you're gonna have galleries up from this past weekend. If you were playing the Fourth Christian Dallas Christian game, you'll have a gallery on there. Uh, check out Wes's thing that we put on YouTube. It, he, we've been trying something new, y'all. We got galleries. We got um video recaps of the games on YouTube. Um, and we're doing these weekly uh recaps of of we're doing the recaps that we have in the videos. You get them two two days early from when the actual um post comes out, so you can actually read the write ups of basically what we talk about in the episode before it comes out. Um, as well as the fact Wes is going to put the write up about the rankings. So make sure you go check it out on the website txpsmedia.com. Um, you can find out all of our info. It's a five dollar subscription um the, for the pro subscription, and that is going to access I think the galleries and i think it'll have access to um any of the any of the articles that we would write on there so without a doubt very exciting times for texas private school media but with that being said as always i have been one third of your hosting crew walker lot and ryan schroeder have been themselves fantastically we will see you in the next episode next week see you later three two one